CSN International presents To Every Man an Answer, the live apologetics program that equips you to give a reason for the hope that lies within you. If you have a Bible question or a question on the Christian faith, you can call us at 1-888-827-5276. Again, that's 1-888-ASK-CSN. Let's get things started. Here's today's host, Mike Kessler. Hi, and welcome to Wednesday's edition of To Every Man and Answer. Glad you've joined us. We always are looking forward to being with you as we get together every weekday afternoon at this time, answering questions about the Bible from the Bible, looking at current events, and what we hear in church is it even in the Bible at all. So if you've got a question you'd like to ask us, that number to call again, 8888-ASK-CSN. It's toll free. You can be part of the program. Got a couple lines open. What are you waiting for? Here you go. Joining me today, special guest and uh, from from the land of sunshine, we have with us Daryl Skinner from Calvary Chapel, Pearl Harbor, Hawaii. Aloha. Aloha, Mike, and aloha to all the listeners out there. Great to be with you once again on this Wednesday, and uh, looking forward to the program, the great questions that come in from all the folks listening, wanting to grow in Christ. It's just a fun, fun opportunity. I just love it, and I love to see and hear people just wanting to uh, draw closer to the Lord and His love relationship, as well as growing in their faith and in the Word of God. And and I, I always love what you say that, uh, you know, is it really taught in the Bible? Uh, sound biblical doctrine so vitally important these last days as Jesus warned us there's going to be many false prophets and false teachers and false Christs that are going to be coming. So we really need to be students of the Word of God, and hopefully we can fulfill that in this program, Mike, each and every day. It's a great blessing to be with you. Yeah, what does the Bible really say about a particular topic? Not just a piece of a verse or a couple of verses that support a, a church of dogma, but rather what does the Bible really say on a particular topic? Now, this is where I find a lot of people, eh, my mind's made up, don't confuse me with the facts. That's a yeah. dangerous, <laughs> dangerous place to be uh, when it comes to uh, studying God's Word. Because again, um, uh, we, we, you know, God's Word is, is uh, there for us. If there's something more, if the Bible says something that appears to be a contradiction somewhere else, then we have to research why is that? Because we know the Bible doesn't have contradictions in it. So what is it really saying? And so that's why we like to get together every weekday afternoon, this very time, to do this very thing. Let's go to the phones. We have with us Kim from Arkansas. Hi, welcome. Hi, thanks so much. Uh, God bless y'all and your ministry, and may God make it grow and multiply. I have a, a prayer request. I work with students, and a young man came today. His heart was breaking. Uh, a relative in China He's 24. He's losing the battle with cancer. And I witnessed to this young man. He has heard of Jesus, but does not know him. Hmm. Cousin has heard of him and his father, but don't know him. And I've, I told him that I would pray with uh, across the world on this radio program for him. I said, but more important even, and it's hard for you to understand now, that uh, God might perform a miracle, but Jesus was our perfect example to end our prayer with, but God's will be done, because he might do something miraculous through doctors doing something with this young man's cancer, medication doing something with this man's cancer, or even a death. In, in this situation, I said, but I will put you on every prayer list and I will continue to pray for this young man and let me know because 
may have already cured him and miraculously. I said, but we don't know what is in store for this young man's life. So um, I said, and what's even more important than that, I said, is is if it would be great if if uh, his cancer could be cured miraculously. I said, but more important than that, he wants you, him, and his whole family to beat Satan and receive Jesus Christ as, as his personal Savior, yours, and his whole family. So they are in China. This young man's from China. And I think the Holy Spirit just plopped him in front of my desk today. Wonderful. Well, we certainly will pray for him. And we do know that God heals. Sometimes he heals through doctors. Sometimes he just divinely heals without any uh, um, outside forces. And sometimes he takes us home. Whatever the case is, if we're in Christ, we need not worry because we're in him. And that's the good news. Uh, But certainly, yes, we will pray. And Daryl, why don't you pray for um, um, uh, this whole situation? Sure. Heavenly Father, we come to you in Jesus' name, and we thank you for your great, wonderful love. And Lord, we trust in you for all things. Uh, You are the God of uh, omnipresence. You're in all places at all times. You're in in China working right now. And we know, Lord Jesus, that uh, you know this 24-year-old young man. You know he's going through with his cancer and so forth. Yes. And we pray for a healing upon his body, but most importantly upon him spiritually, that you would draw Christians into his life right now. There's so many Christians in the underground church there in China. And Lord, you have a way by your Holy Spirit to direct them to him, to minister to his heart, that he'd be saved. And secondly, Lord, we pray for a miraculous hand just to heal him and to bless him, whether it be through that miracle of, of healing or be through uh, physicians, whatever the case is, Lord God, we trust in you for this. And Lord, this young man that uh, our dear sister Kim's been ministering to, uh, may he just come to your saving knowledge also, Lord, and understand fully that uh, you're the God of the whole world, who loves the whole world, who died for the whole world, who offers salvation to the whole world. So, Lord, may he come to salvation also. And I thank you for Kim and her, her love for you and for others. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. And uh, our prayers are with you, Kim. We'll send you out some books, some DVDs, and perhaps... Um, we can get you the web address that perhaps in China they can tune in uh, and um, uh, log in and watch God of Wonders there on the Internet. So we'll try to get you as much information as we can for your friends, okay? That would be so wonderful. And everyone listening on this radio broadcast, please, 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 if you want to uh, give God the glory and um, allow him to actually be the steward of his money that he's sharing with you, please give to, uh, it's called uh, Christian Satellite Network, CSN, and listen during the break, and they will actually give you the address. You can mail your check. You can be a tower keeper, but you will be reaching people all over the world. And this is such a huge blessing for these people to hear this. So please, whatever God puts on your heart, just as he did me one day, he said, Kim, I want you to give this dollar amount and I want you to give it to these people. So Mm. if God doesn't put it on your heart, then don't do it. But the Holy Spirit will minister to you and say, 
and he keeps raising the dollar price. And you just put a smile on your face and know that God is using his money to do Jesus's bidding through the power of the Holy Spirit for God's glory. So, Kim, Kim, thank you. I, I, I don't know you and I, I didn't pay you for that, but I just want to tell you, I just want to tell you, thank you. You, you ministered to my heart because, blessing. you know, uh, the Holy Spirit's alive and well on the planet Earth. And, and again, laying up for yourself treasure in heaven is a good investment. And I want to thank everybody that's part of CSN who support us, who pray for us. Without you, we can't do what we do. And I just thank God for all of you that do this. And we just look forward to the great things that God will do in the days to come. Kim, stay in line. We'll get you taken care of. And we're going to go to Carol in Florence, Oregon. Hi, welcome. Hi. Um, I'd like to know whether a Christian could have a demon or a spirit of fear. Uh, or if if post-traumatic stress disorder can be... Um, taken away by God. Well, we we do know that fear is a real thing. Um, But greater is he that's in us than he that's in the world. The Bible says perfect love, speaking towards God and understanding God's love towards us, casts out all fear. So when I realize that I am in God's hand, that I'm his child, he's my daddy, what do I have to fear? Um, I know that nothing will happen to me unless God allows it. We have the whole Bible as proof for that. So I, I think that a lot of times the enemy and the devil, who Peter says, as a roaring lion, goeth about seeking whom he can devour, pries upon our insecurities and our fears, uh, not realizing that if we apply our faith and God's word to those fears, that those uh, will abate. And I, I really believe that, again, when we have these these issues of, of fear, it's uh, a lot of times it's, it's unresolved issues in our life. It is issues bigger than we are that causes the fear. But none of these are hard for God. So I have learned to just give them to him. And uh, Peter, again, Casting all your cares upon him, for he cares for you. I don't think there's a better a better uh, place to rest in Christ than that. Your thoughts? You know, uh, it says in Timothy, God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. Um, you know, Carol, I think uh, right now in your life, I don't know what you've gone through. You talked about PTSD, post-traumatic syndrome and so forth. Uh, I, we have a, we have a class here for soldiers. Uh, it's called Reboot Recovery. And it's also for soldiers. It's also for, uh, for, uh, police officers, emergency responders, firemen, and so forth. And it's, it's a, it's a great blessing to help people understand the love of God and overcoming, uh, the, the traumas that they've experienced in life. Now, I don't know if you have a particular, uh, issue that you're dealing with. Uh, in regards, that's uh, you, why you might feel this overwhelming fear. But uh, Jesus Christ has conquered all things. The Bible says he's conquered sin, he's conquered death, and he's conquered the devil himself. Uh, we have nothing to fear uh, at all. And the other aspect of uh, of fear, sometimes we, we feel guilty for things that have happened to us in the past or things we've done in the past. And the Bible says that Jesus has made us a new creature. 
Uh, all things have been made new. We're new creatures in Christ. Uh, Paul says, forgetting those things which are behind. I press on towards the high calling of God. And so many times we get locked in in past experiences and not realizing that God is taking care of everything, everything, past, present, future. And he has a great plan for you, and he wants to use your life. So uh, I don't know if we're hitting on any of these uh, heart points for you, but uh, I, I hope and pray that uh, you just be that overcomer. And if, if you might need that post-traumatic class, you might check in your area uh, and find out from uh, Reboot Recovery folks. Go to RebootRecovery.com, I believe it is, and see if there might be a class for you there if you're dealing with something of that sort as uh, war trauma or emergency trauma or even uh, another different kind of physical trauma. It's a beautiful class. It will really bless your heart. So uh, is there anything else we can help you with there, uh, Carol? No, that's a, uh, a good thing. Uh, and do they have, do you have resources? There's something in the area for that you're talking about for PTSD? Uh, well, I would, you, you're, you're in Florence, Oregon, correct? Yeah. Okay. I would, I would go to the reboot recovery folks there. Uh, they have a, they're a national group. Okay. And find out if there might be someone teaching the particular, that particular class in your area of Oregon. And that could be a great blessing to you. You attend the class. It'll be run for about 12 to 14 weeks. And, uh, it'll be, it's, it's really, it's really a, a class of, of help and healing and comfort and strength and overcoming, uh, what you've gone through in life. And, uh, my wife and I, we, we didn't have any issues, but we took it with a bunch of soldiers from, uh, from, uh, you know, uh, our church and, and other, uh, other folks that attended the class. It's a tremendous class and it's all biblical. And, uh, it really talks about the love of God and how to overcome through your soul and what God has planned for you. So why don't you just go to the reboot recovery folks there, uh, plug it in your computer. And see if there might be some classes there in uh, near you in Florida, Oregon. I think that would be a great blessing for you. Mike? Yeah, Carol, I hope that helps. It's called Reboot what? Oregon? Reboot re, re, Reboot Recovery. Reboot. Reboot. R-E-B-O-O-T. Recovery. R-E-C-O-V-E-R-Y. Reboot Recovery. And see okay. if you can pull that up and uh, and get it. And if if there if you stay on the line, maybe the guys can get us your email, and uh, I could email you the information. Oh, that'd be great. Well, okay. Carol, our prayers are with you, and we have nothing to fear. We have a great King and a Dad mm-hmm. in heaven that loves us. So just rest in Him, rest in His arms, in Jesus' name. Stay on the line, Carol. We'll get you taken care of. Okay, dear. Okay. God bless you. Let's go to Corey, St. Louis. Hi, and welcome. Hello, pastors. It's good to hear from you. Um, I just wanted you guys to talk a little bit about homosexuality because I struggle with same-sex attraction, but I don't consider myself a homosexual because I don't practice homosexuality. So I was just wondering if you could maybe just give some advice to anyone else out there who could be in the same situation that I am, or if there's someone who's trapped in homosexuality and they just don't know what steps to take to get out of it. Well, Corey, thank you so much for calling in. And, uh, um, you know, I, I always call it misplaced affections. And I believe through the course of a lifetime, we can have a lot of misplaced affections for a lot of different things. Some, it can be women and many. Some, it can be a lust for for 
uh, education. Some, and I know that sounds weird, but uh, in the idea and the thought that that um, uh, education fixes all the problems, well, uh, you're going to find that that's not the case. When we look at so many different things that people become involved in, it can be sports, it can be whatever particular area you go to alter yourself to make yourself um, happy. That's what I believe is one of the great problems. I don't believe there's really any true happiness outside of Christ. I believe those things will offer a temporary thrill, uh, but it will still leave you empty inside. Uh, And I think this is why sin never stays the same. Um, uh, It's always progressive and and uh, we, ha- we people go deeper and deeper into whatever affections and whatever misplaced ideas they have. Uh, the Bible tells us that we come to Him, we are born again. Uh, we need to live in that born againness, if you will, that Jesus gives us. Behold, all things pass away. Behold, all things become new. And those desires that we have that for many different reasons could be caused from issues in our childhood to uh, just um, just daily living, I believe that when we come to Christ, the, the Lord is great and will forgive us and restore us and and uh, help us keep our affections in the right direction. Now, as a case in point, Corey, you can, you can have many different things go on in your life. Uh, uh, and, and you can have uh, these affections for other things as well that will take you away from really what's best for you from your job. I mean, gosh, I got a great job. I, I, you know, I love my boss. Everything works great, you know, but you know, I just like drinking a lot. And when I get drink, drunk, I don't, uh, I pass out and I don't go to work till uh, an hour late. Well, that's misplaced affections. It happens in many different areas. I believe that again, when we take our problem, our sin to the cross and leave it there. I believe that's where God does some great and wonderful things to heal us. Your thoughts? You know, when we look at the flesh, which is, you know, when we talk about the fleshly sins, whether it be adultery or fornication or homosexuality, uh, God sees them all the same. And we have to fight against the flesh. And I think Paul the Apostle writes well as he gives us the counsel and the encouragement in Galatians 5, he says, I say then, walk in the Spirit, and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. For the flesh lusts against the Spirit, and the Spirit against the flesh. And these are contrary to one another, so that you do not do the things that you wish. But if you are led by the Spirit, you're not under the law. Now the works of the flesh are evident, which are, then he gives us a list of sins, adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lewdness, idolatry, sorcery, hatred, contentions, jealousies, outbursts of wrath, selfish ambitions, dissensions, heresies, envy, murders, drunkenness, revel- revelries, and the like of which I tell you beforehand, just as I told you in time past, that those who practice such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. But then he says, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such there is no law. And those who are Christ, here's your key, have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. If we live in the Spirit, let us also walk in the Spirit. Let us not become conceited and provoking one another, envying one another. The, the power that comes through the Holy Spirit is amazing. Uh, 
Uh, it doesn't mean we don't still struggle with sin and temptations and even fall. You know, there's a time when people will fall and, and, but the spirit of God will drive you to repentance and drive you to restoration and so forth. And this is, this is the encouragement I have for you, uh, uh, Corey, is that as you live for the Lord Jesus Christ, as you follow him and as you pray and you, you confess that, that the weakness in your life, he continues to give you strength, uh, to over, be an overcomer. And, and this is, this is how it is in every area of life, whether it be lusting for women, it be lusting for men with men, women with women, uh, sin is sin. And Christ paid the price, paid the debt for every sin. He's purchased us with his holy and righteous blood. And now he's given us the powerful Holy Spirit. I mean, I'm talking powerful. And as you're in the word of God, you're going to be living in the spirit. You're going to be led by the spirit. You're going to walk in the spirit. And, and what God wants to produce in you is that fruit of righteousness, the fruit of truth, the fruit of goodness, the fruit of love, joy, peace, goodness, and, and so forth. And, and this is his work in us and through us. But we've got to be people of prayer, people of the word, people of fellowship. As we do those things, we become stronger and stronger and we remain overcomers. And uh, it's a battle. It's a battle. We're all, we all have our flesh. The spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. And that's why we have to overcome that flesh daily. In the name of Jesus Christ, through the Word of God and the power of the Holy Spirit, Mike, I give it yeah, back to Paul you. Yeah, Paul says, uh, "Paul says I die daily uh, for Christ," and and the 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 reason why is because um, every, every you know new level, new devil. Every day that we progress <laughs> in our relationship with God, the devil <clears throat> tries new tactics on us, and so mm-hmm. I really believe that whatever it is. Um, uh, that would separate us from the love of God, we have to literally take it to the Lord and leave it there. And so um, um, there is a cost in serving Christ. There is uh, a discomfort, you might say, in serving Christ. No longer I live, Paul says, but Christ who lives within me. What does that mean? That means that we all have wonderful opportunities to sin as Christians. But that means we don't do that because we want to do what's best for the kingdom of heaven. And truly, we can then say, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. There's no problem with God's will being done in heaven. The problem is, is down here on this earth. But if we're if we're self-indulgence, if we're uh, chasing after our own things <clears throat> and trying to hold on to Jesus too, they're not mixable. Uh, it's going to cost. And so I have to forsake all to seek God. And, and uh, you know, I, I, I don't say that lightly because um, down through the history of my life, uh, it's cost me a lot to do what God has called me to do. But I know that when that day comes that I stand before him, I'll live my life without, I, I will have lived my life without regret. I can't imagine standing before God and, and and uh, allowing ourselves to become uh, sidelined, um, I, I I really believe that's why the Bible says I die daily with Christ. Why does it say that? Because I have to die to those na- old sin natures. Now we are in such a world of comfort. We in Americans we we like instant hamburgers. We like instant on TVs. We like instant everything. If our computer has a glitch for two and a half seconds, we're ready to throw it away and go buy a new one. We're just so self-centered. But the Christian life is not that way. And I find that God works his plan not in one and a half or two and a half seconds, but over the course of a lifetime. And so 
This is why we have to go back, arm ourselves with God's word, have us understand that in that process of time that we are delivered from whatever it is we're asking God to do, from when we begin to pray and we actually see the deliverance, God has us cross paths with many people to bring them out of their dilemma as well. So I hope that helps. Yes. And to anyone out there struggling, just, you know, you got to resist it and die to yourself daily, like Pastor Mike said. And I just wanted to give a quick shout out to Pastor Scott from the Calvary Chapel in Festus. I drove an hour to go visit with him and he and uh, his elders actually prayed over me and anointed me with oil. And they took uh, so much precious time out of their day and spent ministering with me. And it was just very special and awesome. So uh, thank you, CSN. You're the best. Well, God is the best. And, and uh, Corey, I'm glad that, that you went up there. And again, we just need to go back, do what God says. Read Romans chapter 1 again, because uh, Paul very much, I believe the writer was Paul of, of Romans, uh, was very much aware of, the, of the, um, the culture of the day uh, in normalizing things the Bible say are wrong. Uh, we have our politicians today doing the same thing. They're trying to normalize what the Bible forbids. Read Romans chapter 1. Best voting guide in the world. Corey, stay in line. We'll get you some books, some DVDs. I think you'll enjoy them, okay? Thank you. God bless you. Let's go to Ernest. Arlington, Texas. Hi and welcome. Hello. Hi. How may we help? Yes. Um, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was God, and the word is God, mm-hmm. but um, I want, what I wanted to know is that um, that's the word. But um, Jesus didn't come about until he was born, until um, till he was born in, in Bethlehem, and then there was a trans, trans transformation from the word to the flesh. Jesus. So no, is, no Jesus. Asking? Jesus has always been. He he didn't just show up. Uh, he wasn't just the word out there floating around, and then he actually became a a being when he was born. If you go to John eight fifty eight, Jesus said, "Before Abraham was, I am." John eight fifty nine says, "And they picked up stones to stone him because he was claiming to be God." So that's why it's really important. Jesus said this. He said, search the scriptures, for in them you think you have eternal life, but they are which testify of me. Actually, when we look in the Old Testament, all the way through the Bible, we see Jesus showing up in the Old Testament, like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego in the fiery furnace. We remember Nebuchadnezzar said, I thought I put three in the fiery furnace, but there's a fourth like unto the Son of Man or Son of God. Wow. Yep, that's right. All the way through the Bible, we'll see that. We're going to talk more about that. We're coming up on a break. Ernest, we don't want you, anybody else to go away. And when we come back, we'll have more to every man and answer following these messages. We'll be right back. Let's see, if something costs less, but people are happier with it, that sounds like something to look into, and that's MediShare. Maybe you've heard switching to MediShare to pay for health care can save the typical family 500 bucks a month, and that's huge. But it's also true that people are way more satisfied after making the switch, too. The customer satisfaction rate for MediShare is double that of the typical health insurance plan, double 
MediShare works. It's been around for more than a quarter century, and members have shared more than $3 billion of each other's bills. People love having telehealth and a huge nationwide PPO network. So, yeah, you can save a ton and like it better. Imagine being happy with how you're taking care of your health care. So if you're self-employed or part of the gig economy or you just want to plan you're happy with, you can call right now and get a price within two minutes. A very, very smart use of two minutes. Here's the number you need. 855-91-BIBLE. That's 855-91-BIBLE. 855-91-BIBLE. Wondering what to do with your extra car or truck? Donating your present vehicle to CSN Radio is convenient, easy, and may qualify you for a tax deduction. Best of all, your donation of a car truck will make a big difference in supporting CSN Radio. Why not donate your extra vehicle today? All you need to do is complete a simple online donation form or call 1-800-357-4226 and we'll take care of the rest. We'll pick up your vehicle, arrange to have your donation towed, and provide you with a tax deduction receipt, all at no charge to you. Call 1-800-357-4226 or go online at csnradio.com and click on the car donation button. Thanks for your support. Back to part two of Terry Man and Answer here on this Wednesday afternoon with Daryl Skinner. I'm your host, Mike Kessler. And when we went to the break, we were speaking with Ernest about Genesis 1 1 and uh, uh, the first uh, couple of verses of the book of John. Now, Ernest, does that answer your question, first of all, or was there more to the question than that? No, no, that does. It's um, John 5 58 and 59. Okay. Uh, and and what was your question about that in particular? Well, well, well. I was looking for the answer in in the Bible. I thought the word was was preeminent, was there first, and then there was a transformation when Gabriel came and told Mary that she was oh. chosen. Mm. Yeah, and then that was a transformation from the word to the flesh, and Jesus appeared. Yeah, no, Jesus has always been, and in fact, if you go back to Genesis one one, in the beginning, Elohim created the heavens and the earth. The word Elohim is plural, not singular. Yet we know our Lord our God is one God. So, what is this plural God Elohim doing with only one? Daryl, your thoughts. Yeah, even the great Shema of the Jewish people, Deuteronomy 6, says, Hero, verse 4, it says, Hero Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. The Hebrew for one is Echad, E C H A D. It speaks of a compound unity, speaking of what we refer to as the Trinity, God the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, three and one. If you eliminate any of, any of these, you don't have the God of the Bible. Uh, it's not three gods, it's three persons in one that are all omnipotent, omniscient, omnipresent, immutable. Uh, they care, they carry the, uh, character of God, the attributes of God. He is love. He is light and he is life. And this is who God is. There's no evil to be found in the Father, the Son, or the Holy Spirit. 
We know that the angel uh, uh, Gabriel came to Mary and said, you should give him the title Emmanuel, as she's to be conceived by the Holy Spirit. And Emmanuel means God translated God with us. And thus we see the deity of Jesus Christ and also being the second person of what we call the Trinity. Mike? Amen. So I hope that hope that shines some light on for you. Yes, sir. Thank you, gentlemen. Hey, Ernest, stay online, and I'll send you out a couple of books, a couple of DVDs, a little book called Time to Grow. I think you'll really enjoy that as well as certainly you'll really enjoy Got to Wonder. Stay online. We'll get you fixed up with that. Let's go to Linda, Grand Junction, Colorado. Hi, welcome. Hi. Well, thank you. Uh, my question is, are Christians raptured before the tribulation or do Christians go through the tribulation because there seems to be um, a confusion on when the second coming of Christ is and when Christians go up. So yeah. I just want to know, do we go through tribulation? Well, first of all, the tribulation, clearly, the Bible says, is the wrath of God. The Bible says that God's children are not appointed to his wrath. Therefore, being the bride of Christ, why would you subject your bride to your wrath? doesn't make any sense. Now, we know there's always been tribulation on this earth. I mean, as far as persecution and uh, all the things that all of humanity endures. But this time of the tribulation is different. These events are not brought on by hurricanes and and, uh, earthquakes. These things are brought on, yes, using those things, but they're brought on by God himself, the Bible says. So that's the first thing. Now, as far as the second coming of Christ, I know when it is. If you read your Bible, you know exactly when it is. It's three and a half years after the abomination which makes desolate in the seven-year tribulation period, so three and a half years into the tribulation period, the Antichrist goes into the temple, declares to the world that he is God and must be worshipped as such. Now, you got to remember, he made a religious world system. He combined uh, Christianity and Islam and Judaism and all the religions of the world, a, a chrism, a coexist, if you will, bumper sticker religion. The problem is he scraps that. Most likely, I believe personally, at the dedication of the temple. Yes, the temple in Israel on the Temple Mount that is not there yet. The Bible says there's going to be a third temple built. John was told to measure it in Revelation chapter 11, and he measures it. But God said, don't measure the outer court. It's been given to the Gentiles. Well, in the Old Testament, that's as far as the Gentiles could come anyway, was the outer court. It is interesting that that's probably about where the Dome of the Rock Mosque is. But to the north and the east of the temple there in Jerusalem, Israel, there's about 11 to 15 acres of nothing but trees and sidewalks. Many people believe that is where the Antichrist will sign a peace treaty with Israel, allow them to build their temple. Now, it's going to probably take a little bit of time, maybe three and a half years, during a very rough time on this earth. But I do believe the Bible says the Antichrist will go into the temple and there a picture of himself or his name, he will declare to the world he is God. Jesus said, when this happens, don't even go back in your house to take your coat, just run for the hills. Now, up to just a few years ago, maybe 50, 75 years ago, 
that remark would be kind of not make too much sense. But believing that the Antichrist knows that the Jewish people are not going to accept him as Messiah, they're not going to accept him as God, he is prepared to bring swift retaliation upon the Jewish people. When you see those surface-to-air missiles fired out of the uh, helicopters and out of jets, I believe this is what Jesus was talking about. He knows he's not going to be accepted by the Jewish nation, though in his mind and in many of the Jewish people's minds, he has befriended them by allowing them to build their temple. But then to declare that he's God from the temple? No, Israel's not going to buy that. And the Bible says they run for the hills. Now, when we stop to think about that, I believe the reason why the swift retaliation is the Antichrist will suffer no embarrassing moments. You either accept me as God or you're annihilated. And so I believe him knowing that they're not going to is fully prepared to bring uh, a, a war upon these people. Now, when we understand that it's three and a half years from that point to the second coming of Jesus Christ, it is not hard to know. Now, we don't know when the tribulation begins, Many people believe it begins with that peace treaty signed with Israel and very possibly over the Golan, maybe possibly over the occupied territories and probably very much over them building their new temple since so much uh, Bible prophecy in the Old Testament surrounded the temple has, I believe, something to do with that. But the Bible tells us that the rapture of the church, no one knows when that is. Um, And I believe this is what Jesus was talking about in Matthew chapter 24 when he said, as in the days of Noah were, so shall the coming of the Son of Man be. They were eating, drinking, marrying, giving in marriage, party time, just like now. But at the end of the seven-year tribulation period of time, it ain't party time. The seas of all, all the living things in the seas have died. They've turned to blood. The rivers are, are unfit to drink. There's famine everywhere. All the trees are burnt up. No, it's not as in the days of Noah were. It is now, I believe, right before the rapture of the church. But remember, God's wrath is not appointed to his children. Your thoughts? You know, we look to the, as Mike has been sharing, there's a doctrine that's called the imminent return of Christ. That's why in Matthew 24 and 25, you constantly hear Jesus says, watch and be ready, watch and be ready. And he's talking about uh, that at any moment he can come. Now, if it's going to be at the second coming, you just count, as Mike said, three and a half years or 1,260 days from the abomination of desolation when the Antichrist goes into the temple that's been rebuilt during the, the seven years of the 70th week of Daniel, he'll go in there, he'll commit the abomination, he's going to blaspheme God, he's going to blaspheme the Lord Jesus Christ. It'll be exactly 1,260 days to the second return of Jesus Christ, to the very day. But Jesus says no man knows the day or the hour. Why does he say that? Because the rapture is going to be before the tribulation period. We must remember in Daniel chapter 9, verse 24, where it says that 70 weeks are determined upon the na- upon your people, Daniel, and upon the holy city. That 70 weeks speaks of 77-year periods, which is 490 years. 483 of those years have been fulfilled by the first coming of Jesus Christ, literally to the day. That's a whole other Bible study. And then you find that there's this last seven-year period that's waiting out there. That is the tribulation, Revelation chapter 6 through 19. And we know that God is going to deal with his people once again because 
Revelation 7 says 144,000 Jews have been sealed by God, anointed by God, by the power of the Holy Spirit, and they're going to be preaching the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ. When you read about saints in Revelation 6 to 19, they're known as tribulation saints. These are people that are getting saved in the tribulation. But the bride of Christ, as Mike shared earlier, has already gone up to be with the Lord. Jesus tells that church of Philadelphia, Revelation chapter 3, he says to that church, he says, because you've kept my word, you've not denied my name. He says, and because you've persevered, I will keep you from the hour of trial that shall come upon the whole world. That hour of trial is speaking of the great tribulation period, Revelation 6 through 19. You, you find the church in Revelations chapters 4 and 5. You don't find a mention of the church from chapter 6 on. Why? Because the church has gone to heaven. The bride of Christ will not face the wrath of God. And thus, you see, God is going to deal with the Jewish people once again, and a great remnant of Jews will be saved in that tribulation period as God will protect them and provide for them. Mike, I'll hand it back to you. Amen. So I hope that helps. That was great. That was awesome. Thank you very much. I appreciate everything you do for us. God well, bless you. God bless well, you. blessings. God gets the glory, Linda. And again, I, I believe, again, this is why Paul, writing uh, to the churches, Thessalonica, as well as as the Corinthian church, he says, comfort one another with these words. Um, uh, I, I believe this is why when Jesus said, be, pray that you're counted worthy to escape all these things, speaking, I believe, of the tribulation period that's going to come upon the world. You see, the world right now is saying, oh, we're on the dawn of the age of Aquarius. You know, as soon as we get rid of these narrow-minded, legal, fundamentalist Christians, it's going to be a glorious world. No, the Bible says it ain't going to be a fit place to live. In fact, Jesus said in Matthew 24, unless those days were shortened, there'd be no flesh saved. That's how bad it's going to be. It isn't that things are going to get better. They're going to get worse. And you're not only going to have the goofed up government of, 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 of the Antichrist uh, tyranny on people, but you're going to have cataclysmic things. Revelation chapter 6 says every mountain and island moves out of its place. That is, is, is saying there's going to be massive tectonic plate movement. Now, when you understand whenever you have tectonic plate movement, the possibility for volcanoes and super volcanoes, oh yeah, can change our, our environment in a matter of, of hours. Now, when you read that there's, there's hailstones the size of golf, uh, 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 bowling balls falling, that tells me the upper atmosphere is really messed up. Now, very possibly, it's interesting, I talked about this before, but I was studying about Yellowstone, and it was interesting that Russia was uh, really studying as well, their military. The idea of sinking a bunker-busting bomb into Lake Yellowstone to rupture that magma dome and set off another super volcano. Oh, it's very possible. They've closed hiking trails in Yellowstone. Uh, there are, are crossbucks uh, up on some of the asphalt roads because the ground is so hot now. Something's changing there. We know it. There's swarms of, of, of earthquakes. I believe it was uh, the last, um, I don't know, a uh, few months, uh, last summer or whatever it was. They had swarmed 300 earthquakes like in a month. Um, we know that it's always, it's, it's always been a, a, a geological 
area. Uh, but when we realized that the last time it went off, the heavy ash went as far as Tennessee. When Mount St. Helens blew up, the heavy ash only went out 10 miles. The heavy ash of supervolcano Yellowstone went out 1,500 miles. The lighter ash most likely went to New York City, thus causing all kinds of global problems um, uh, around the world. Remember, the Revelation chapter 6, the Bible says one quarter of the world's population dies in that first uh, set of sealed judgments. One quarter of the world. Now, they say that November 15th, by their calculations, the world will reach 8 billion people on November 15th, thereabouts. So that means that in the first seal judgments, that's the first part of the tribulation, a quarter of the world is dead. Now, everybody's said, oh, about COVID and how it's killed, you know, uh, hundreds of millions of people. That's nothing when you consider 2 billion people are going to die in the first part of the tribulation. By the end of the tribulation, the Bible says two-thirds of the world's population is dead. So when you realize we're going to lose more than half of the world's population in less than seven years uh, during this tribulation period, it's a time of great carnage. It is not the dawning of the age of Aquarius. It's not the great reset that our politicians are all trying to sell us. This is the end of man's futile efforts to govern himself. Linda, stay in line. We'll send you out some books, some DVDs, okay? Thank you. Thank you very much. God bless you, Linda. Thanks so much for the call. And let's go to Tim in Arizona. Hi, welcome. Hi, how's it going, Pastor? Um, So I had a quick question. Uh, So I currently have a full-time job, um, and there's a lot of downtime. And I'm wondering if God, if it's outside of his, uh, not ability, but if he would bless me like getting another uh, role um, to make money, to utilize, to maximize my time, you know, to make extra money to get out of debt and to be more generous. There are your uh, thoughts. Well, not knowing all the details, uh, I always, you know, when I was, before I was a pastor, I worked secularly and so forth. I was always praying God's will be done for my life. And Lord, uh, as you see fit, bring me success and uh, bring me opportunity, help me to see it. When the, when the opportunity avails itself, I think one thing is you need to make sure that you're doing what is your responsibilities and duties for that place of employment that you have currently and that you're not going to be taken away from them, uh, because they hired you for a particular job and, and so forth. And, but yet if God moves you on to another one, so be it. Uh, or if you're able to do two and it's, it's, it's fine with the employer that you currently have. Uh, you have all, all, everything is cleared. And there's a, there's a good understanding of all things. And, uh, you know, I love, I love the passage in Joshua one, I believe it's one nine. He says, he says, meditate in the word of God day and night. And as you do, don't turn to the left, don't turn to the right. You know, he says, be strong and of good courage. And then he says, I will prosper your ways and bring you good success. As you're a man of God or a woman of God, you're a man or woman of the word. As you seek the Lord, Jesus says, you've asked anything in my name, I will do it. The Father may be glorified in the Son. And as you seek to uh, do your very best uh, in all things, 
uh, for the Lord's glory, honor, and praise, then God will bless you and guide you and help you. It doesn't mean there's any trials. There's not any trials in this. But just do the right thing always with integrity and virtue, and God will bless. Mike, I'll give it back to you. Amen. I hope that answers it for you. Uh, yeah, it does. Thank you. Tim, God bless, God bless you. you my friend. Stay in line, and we'll send you out a couple of books, a couple of DVDs I think you'll enjoy. Great for evangelism. Share them with your friends. Let's go to Rusty, Missouri. Hi, welcome. Hi. Um, I had a question. In Bible study the other night, we were talking, and the question came up. When people die, uh, we get our new body at the rapture, correct? So when people die before the rapture, do they get a new body or do they go to heaven in a spirit form? Because Paul said to be absent from the body is to be with Christ. So how would you explain that? Well, the way I've looked at it, and, and this is based upon looking at all the verses best I can, I believe anybody that dies today, anyone that dies uh, right now in faith, um, absent from the body, present with the Lord. We know that they didn't take their body with them because we have a funeral and we bury them. I believe their spirit leaves. I don't think anybody in heaven right now is lacking anything because we know that heaven is a spiritual place. But we do know during the millennial reign of Christ, where the Bible says we will rule and reign with him, uh, we're going to need some kind of a body to, to execute God's judgment on this earth. Now, Paul says we're not exactly sure what we're going to be, but we know when we see him, we're going to be like him. And I believe that's describing his body. Now, Paul uh, uh, describing this glorified body that that uh, we're going to get, um, uh you think about Jesus. He appeared to the two disciples on the road to Emmaus, um, and um, uh, he was going to eat, eat with them. In fact, he did eat with them. He asked if, uh, when he appeared behind the locked doors. So he had a body that could vanish out of the sight of the two disciples on the road to Emmaus. Uh, we know he could reappear behind locked doors. We know he could eat. He offered Thomas to put his fingers in the holes in his hand and thrust his hand into his side where the Roman spear went in. He says, uh, see, touch me. Uh, 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 you know, I'm not a ghost that he had a real body, but it's a body different than anything I have known. And I believe that kind of a body would be extremely valuable in executing global justice for the kingdom of heaven. I don't believe we get that body until... Uh, uh, Paul says in the moment twinkling of an eye, we will be changed. And that's when I believe we get that body. And the dead in Christ, though, the Bible says, rise first. I don't believe Paul is saying that they rose first years ago. Uh, that wouldn't make any sense. Um, but I believe that's when they get their reconstructed, never-to-fail bodies again, and uh, I, I think that's one of the great things. The Bible says we'll be known as we're known. We're going to be so good looking. Uh, we'll be just the right age um, and, and all. But I believe that body will be necessary as Jesus was to demonstrate that he rose from the dead. I believe that's the body that we will have. But I believe anybody in heaven right now is not lacking anything there because they're in their spiritual being, if you will, in a spiritual place with the Lord. Your thoughts? Yeah, it's an interesting question. And it Mike, you, great response. Uh, 
I, I would add to this is it's interesting. Jesus gives the story of the rich man and the beggar Lazarus in Abraham's bosom. Yes. And it was interesting when the rich man, he looked across the great gulf that separated Hades from paradise. He sees Father Abraham, so he's recognizable. Also, you have Lazarus. He says, have Lazarus dip his finger into some water and put it on my tongue for being tormented continuously. Uh, and this is before the death and resurrection of our Lord Jesus Christ, this historical lesson that our Lord has given us about life after death before he would uh, ascend to heaven. And then you find the Mount of Transfiguration. You find the visitation of of Moses and, and Elijah. And the disciples recognized who they were. It was Moses and Elijah. So there was a recognition of them. So when we do go to heaven to be absent from the body, be present with the Lord, we recognize each other. There's a, a beautiful passage in Philippians that says, for our citizenship is in heaven, from which we also eagerly wait for that, for the Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, who will transform our lowly body that it may be conformed to his glorious body, according to the working by which he's able even to subdue all things to himself. But it also we discover we're going to need a physical body uh, when we return to earth for that 1,000-year reign of Christ, and we'll carry it with us forever, I'm sure. And that's where we look at that that uh, the the bodies coming up uh, in the rapture of the church when that takes place, all that have previously died will get that body that we need for that one thousand year reign on Christ on earth, as well as our bodies are completely transformed at that moment in time, so we receive the body immediately. But we need that physical body as we return to the earth. But it'll be a supernatural body. This corruption must put on incorruption. This mortal must put on immortality, as Paul writes in First Corinthians chapter 15. So that's the best uh, visual scripturally that I can uh, yeah. share uh, at this time, Mike. I'll give it back to and, you. And I think that remains consistent with what, what uh, I shared and what I think is yes. pretty outlined in the scripture. Um, uh, there, there is a, a form that I believe the people that have died have, certainly, and I believe that they're known as they're known uh, in heaven. But this body that we get at the rapture and the body that is reconstructed of those who have died and gone on before us, um, uh, the old song, the grave robber will come and he's coming uh, and to transform those bodies into uh, immortality. Uh, so hope that helps. Yeah, it does. Rusty, God bless you. Thanks so much for the the call. And uh, again, if you stay in line, we'll send you out some books, some DVDs. Um, and uh, yeah, that the 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 picture which, which is interesting with the rich man and Lazarus does absolutely show a form. Um, but I believe the body that we get at the rapture and that transformation that is something that's a little different. It's an earthly type of body just as Jesus had. So look at Jesus's resurrected body after he rose from the dead. All the things he could do, he could eat, he could appear, he cooked fish for the disciples along the Sea of Galilee. All those things that he did, I believe that's going to give us a great understanding of the kind of body we're going to have uh, throughout all of eternity as we rule and reign with him and into the new Jerusalem. Hope that helps. Rusty Sandlin, we'll get you taken care of. Thanks, Daryl, for being on. Thank you. God bless. Joe, the rest, please. Calls, we'll put you on first thing tomorrow, and uh, you won't have to wait. And so until then, may the Lord keep you in his love. Again, Daryl, thank you for being on. Aloha, mahalo.
God bless you and good night. To find out more about this ministry or to receive a copy of today's program, please call 1-800-357-4226 or write us to Every Man and Answer, P.O. Box 391, Twin Falls, Idaho, 83303. That toll-free number is 1-800-357-4226. Subscribe to the free podcast on iTunes by searching for To Every Man and Answer in the iTunes store or visit us online at csnradio.com slash T-E-M-A. To Every Man and Answer is a production of CSN International, the Christian Satellite Network. The opinions expressed by our guests may or may not be those of CSN International or of this station. 